Boston Celtics play down to the competition once again. Jason Tatum gets tossed. Not ideal. But the Celtics still win. Let's talk about it right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with Hilario B. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day and I got you every day. A free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device. If you subscribe, you can also watch the show on YouTube. Hop in the comments section. Make sure you're letting me know what you think about the Boston Celtics 125-119 win over the Philadelphia 76ers. If you're new to the show, I'm John Corrales. He used to play a long time ago. Those days are long gone. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal and for you. I'm here for you. Uh, let's talk about this game here. There's a, a special bonus. Usually we get Monday through Friday podcasts. This is Friday into Saturday. It's basically Saturday morning uh, at this point. Most places that are listening to this show. So uh the Celtics get the 125-119 win. I'll talk about the guys who bailed the Celtics out late in the game later on. Peyton Pritchard, Al Horford, uh, playing down to this team, but still finding a way to win, which is a good thing. That's all great. But let's start with the big story. The big story out of this game is Jason Tatum getting ejected, uh, two technical fouls, and... Uh, the Celtics kind of finding a way to win without him. And frankly, let's just start with this. Jason Tatum was having a, a, a good shooting night, really, but only at the end of three, he was six of nine, two of five from three. He got to the line seven, seven, was seven for nine from the line. So he shot more than nine times, really. Uh, so probably like more like 13 shots. Led the team tied with Derek White for 21 points. And seven rebounds, four assists, a steal, a block. That all sounds good. Seven turnovers, though. Oh, boy. Not a great, not a great performance from Tatum. Those turnovers were very frustrating. A lot of them were steals. There was like one travel in there somewhere. But a lot of these were live ball. The Celtics got uh, just crushed with these turnovers. 20 turnovers overall, uh, which... Really, if they had just taken care of the ball, this would have been a much different story because they they got 26 points off of 16 Sixers turnovers. They they did their job turning the Sixers over and scoring off of that, but then they turned it over 20 times and gave them 23 points themselves. So they put themselves in a position where they couldn't pull away. Uh, the Sixers had 16 second-chance points and 15 offensive rebounds. The Celtics put themselves in a position where they did a lot of things well and they couldn't put the Sixers away. Uh, and, and Tatum was front and center there. The seven turnovers, Tatum scored 21 points. He was a minus seven. The Celtics won this game by six. He was a minus seven. So that 
that it was indicative of the type of night that he had. And then, so he gets one tech early on in the game and then he feels like he gets fouled. Okay, fine. He, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. The refs clearly are saying, go back to you, go sit down. And Bill Kennedy is like calling over to the bench. Come get your man over here because we need him to like stop. And it's on Tatum to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to stop right now because it's very obvious these refs are not having it. Was the tech soft? Sure it was. Was the first tech soft? Sure it was. And maybe if you know the first tech is soft, you know that they're throwing around soft techs. So be careful, right? Every basketball player on every level is taught. Understand how the refs are officiating the game. This is a human element to basketball. The refs are either calling it tight or they're calling it loose. And one of the hardest things, one of the worst things for a ref to do is go from calling it tight to, or, or go from calling it loose to then calling it tight in the second half. Like you want the refs to be consistent, but the refs, even if they're bad, you want them to be consistent in how bad they are. So, you know, so that first tech was a little soft. I don't know what Tatum said. Maybe he earned it. Maybe he didn't, but you got to understand that they're handing out techs in this game. Right? Nick Nurse got one. Patrick Beverly got one. Tatum got the two. So understand that they're, they were not shy about handing out the technical fouls. So what do you do in that situation if you're Jason Tatum? You, when they say, go sit down, and Bill Kennedy is saying, go sit down, somebody come get this guy, what you do is you go sit down. You go through the timeout. Then you come out and you go to Bill Kennedy, the crew chief, after the timeout, after cool, you cool down, you still say what you're going to say. No one's telling you to just sit down and be a good boy. You still say what you're going to say, but you go to him after the timeout, right? Everybody's calm. Everybody's cool. Everybody's relaxed or more relaxed. And then you go say your piece, but just sit down when they're all saying, sit down, go sit down and pick it up afterwards. They're going to give you that opportunity as a star to say what you're going to say. So is it on the refs for being soft? You want to yell at the refs because they're handing out soft texts? By all means, I'm not going to stop you. I think you're right. Tatum after the game was like he was shocked by getting tossed. I think he's right. He didn't seem to say anything ridiculous. I, I couldn't read the lips of what he said, but it didn't seem like he was swearing. It's just he kept continuing. And at that point, they really wanted him to stop. So did the refs need to have cooler heads? Hell yes. He should not have been ejected from this game. However, Tatum should understand the situation. Understand that they're handing out texts. That everybody's just watching for him to do something. Just understand the situation better when you're emotional. And he wasn't like flying off the handle or anything. He was just talking, but he said something and that was it. So both sides need to shut up in that situation, move apart, and then come out afterwards, say your piece, continue on in the game, right? Maybe Tatum was on his way to a, you know, a seven for eight fourth quarter and a big performance and a blowout. Or maybe he was on his way to four more turnovers and the Sixers would have won. I have no idea how the fourth quarter would have gone. But 
He needed to be cooler. He needed to be cooler. The refs needed to be cooler. Both sides are definitely at fault here, right? Because Tatum didn't recognize that or, or take it to heart that these guys were were being a little sensitive. Sometimes when you're having a confrontation with someone who's being sensitive, you take a break and then you revisit when people have calmed down. You got to read that situation as a player. You got to. I'm sorry. You have to. It did not cost the Celtics. The Celtics came out and played down to the Sixers. Everyone after the game admitted that, right? Al Horford admitted that. Drew Holiday admitted that. Everyone kind of said the, the Sixers came into this game. They didn't have uh, Joel Embiid. They didn't have Tyrese Maxey. They didn't have Nick Batum. Uh, who else didn't they have? Uh, they didn't have uh, someone else. I don't know. They, they, they were missing a bunch of guys. And so the word comes before the game that, oh, Embiid might not play. Oh, Tyrese Maxey has been downgraded. Oh, Batum, downgraded. So you're in the locker room, and I think one of the natural reactions is, oh, man, we got this. All right, we got this. All right, cool. We got it. After all of that stuff with Chicago and mindset and all of that, the bottom line here is human nature is too, too, too strong to overcome in these situations. It's too much to overcome with so many absences. Uh, Daniel House was out. Obviously, Kelly Oubre is still out. Lots of guys out for Sixers. So that was that was the uh, not a G League team. It's a little insulting to Tobias Harris and Paul Reed and Marcus Morris, who've been there. De'Anthony Melton played well. Patrick Beverly played well. But the Celtics went out there and absolutely sucked defensively. Sucked. It is embarrassing to let Patrick Beverly drop 26 points, eight rebounds, Six, um, wait, seven assists, two steals. I mean, 10 of 15 shooting, three of five from three. What a ridiculous line for Patrick Beverly. Like, he actually did that 26, eight, and seven. It might be the best game he's ever played. That's embarrassing to let Patrick Beverly do that. DeAnthony Melton, 21 points, 7 of 19 shooting, 4 of 12 from 3. That's embarrassing. He fouled out. Like, they, they got lucky that he fouled out. Paul Reed was in foul trouble or else he might have been a bigger problem. Tobias Harris, you know, he, he, was, he was okay. 14 points. He could have been better. They got 18 off the bench from, from Covington. They just couldn't stop these guys. The Celtics did their job offensively offensively the numbers are perfect look at that 125 points beautiful 50.6 percent shooting hell yeah 48 and a half percent from three 16 of 33 yup 31 of 36 from the line 86 percent yup that's good 10 offensive rebounds that's good 25 assists on 39 baskets i like that 10 steals although steals don't necessarily indicate good defense they did a good job offensively. They did a good job. Yeah, I don't know why I mentioned the steals. I was talking about the offense. So they got 19 fast break points. 
Uh, but what they what they couldn't do defensively, especially in the first half, was get any stops. They just getting blown by Patrick Beverly, DeAnthony Melton, just blowing by them, giving up open looks from three. The Celtics got crushed in the overall shots, ninety four to seventy seven. Yeah, I don't know how the Celtics were able to win this game. You look at the you look at the box score, and if you didn't see a final score, I'd say okay, this was close, but. Points off turnover, second chance points like this. I, 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 it looks like the Celtics probably would have lost this game, but they managed to win, and that's the good part. This is another one of those games where it was tough. It was not a really great. I don't want to say good effort, although it wasn't the best effort. The execution was poor. They found a way to win, and that's because Peyton Pritchard and Al Horford were amazing in the fourth quarter. Uh, that fourth quarter was just beautiful from Al Horford, who the turning point in this game was uh, – It was, I thought Al Horford got both blocks, but it's seven and a half minutes to go or so. Philly 106-104. And this is such a huge moment in this game. Another turnover. Al Horford tries to find Sam Hauser back door. Does not connect. Turnover. Out go the Sixers. Running in transition. Out to Tobias Harris. Looks like he's got an open dunk. Al Horford swoops in. Gets the block. Harris gathers the ball. Goes up two hands. And it, I guess How Horford and Jalen Brown combine at the rim. They gave the block to Jalen Brown uh, in the box score. I don't know if they're going to go back and look at that, but uh, I thought Al Horford blocked it, but regardless, they combined to block that shot. So two dunks at the rim blocked uh, on Harris. Celtics get out. Eventually, Drew Holiday hits the three-pointer, so it's a five-point swing. They go instead of 108-104 and the Celtics down four, it's 107-106, and Boston is up one. And in that position, that is such a massive turn of events because you can very easily let that cascade if Harris gets that dunk past Al Horford. And maybe at that point, the Celtics call a timeout because we're right about the mandate. Seven, about seven minutes or so, it's right about the mandatory timeout. The Celtics... Who knows? You, one one miss, a Philly make, and it's 110-104, and the momentum of this game changes, right? You're playing from behind. The way you coach the game changes. The the way the offense tries to panic or, or, or panics and, and tries to answer changes. And it could have gone, it could have gone really wrong. It could have gone really wrong from there. That play from Horford and Jalen Brown changed the entire course of the, the rest of that fourth quarter because the Celtics were basically still in control the rest of the way. The lead dipped, like Beverly hit a couple of free throws and put them back up one, but there's a big difference between fighting in that up three, down one, back up two, whatever, to being down six and trying to fight back. You don't have Tatum and, you know, who knows who forces what. Something could change drastically. So. Al Horford just making, once again, Al Horford just making 
the critical plays, the hustle plays, doing what he's supposed to do, and making it uh, turning turning a tough game, a potential loss, into a win. The Celtics continue to find ways to win these games, which means they don't give up. They don't get down on themselves. They continue to fight. They continue to make some sort of play, some sort of effort. And there's two ways to look at that. The positive way is here's a team that's still like doing what it does sometimes and figuring themselves out and and trying to navigate uh, still no Porzingis. And at that point, uh, you're getting a bad performance from Jason Tatum. And you say, hey, all of these things, they, they, they get the win anyway. That's, that's a positive thing. The negative thing is how many times are you going to play poorly and say like each time you win, when you play poorly, there's, there might be a tendency to say, well, we, we don't have to play hard because we find a way to win. And so you continue to play this way and you think you can turn it on. And eventually that kind of goes away. There, there is a give and take there. So I can see a negative side to that as well. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skew positive just to, you know, be, I don't know. I just don't, don't want to go down that negative road because I don't think that's where the Celtics are going. I don't think they're like coasting just to coast. Again, human nature is what it is, right? Like it's 82 games. Every team in the league, that's not just a Boston thing. We just saw the Bucs lose to Chicago in Chicago. They didn't have DeMar DeRozan. They didn't have Zach Levine. And they go into overtime and lose. They give up a game-tying three-pointer at the buzzer, and then they lose in overtime. The Bucs, I mean, I know the Bucs aren't having you know, the smoothest start to the season, but they're still the Bucs. And those are the Bulls, the team that the Celtics blew out and the whole story going into the weekend was, oh, running up the score on the Chicago Bulls. So every good team, every good team has their losses. They're, they're bad losses, right? Like look at, just look at the, was Charlotte Hornets or Charlotte just beat Denver? Like pick, pick a good team. They have bad losses and they have bad performances. So I know that you want everything to be perfect. I want everything to be perfect too, but it's not going to be. So the Celtics finding their way, that's, that's good. That's, it's good that Peyton Pritchard stepped up and Pritchard had some real great moments in the fourth quarter. Uh, My favorite Pritchard bucket came like right at the end of the game. The Celtics, uh, I don't know how they managed this, but. It was what was it was one twenty one to one sixteen. The <laughs> Patrick Beverly was feeling himself with forty two seconds. I mean he he was really feeling himself, and he took a shot that's like what are you doing? And he missed. The Celtics got the rebound at forty seconds and ran that clock all the way down to 18. They use the entire 24 second clock and worked it around and got that layup. 
no real chance for, you know, at a five point game, a turnover, a miss, they could have come down. They hit a shot. I mean, Marcus Morris did hit a shot to, he did hit a three. Uh, that was, that was such a, a huge bucket. And it was Peyton Pritchard cutting along the baseline to, to get the layup. They used that whole damn shot clock. And they worked it around and Pritchard gets the cutting layup. I mean, that was just beautiful, but Pritchard had a, a real, obviously great fourth quarter, uh, hit a, a couple of threes in the fourth quarter, I believe. Uh, what did he, what did he do in the fourth quarter? Three of four, two of three from three, two of two from the line an assist, a rebound and a steal plus 12 Peyton Pritchard plus 12 in the fourth quarter. The Celtics won that quarter by eight. So he was really good. Um, what else in this game? I think that's, that's about it. The, the, the ejection was the big story. The Celtics managed to find, you know, get past that. They played down to the Sixers. Eh, you know, they figured out a way. And now they go to Indiana. They head to Indiana for the quarterfinal matchup on Monday. So Sunday night, I will record a crossover podcast with Tony East of the Lockdown Pacers podcast. We will preview the knockout game between the Celtics and the Pacers. We'll get into the whole thing. In-season tournament, it's fun. If the Celtics win that game, they move on to Vegas. If they lose, they come home and will play a home game, I believe, on Thursday against either the Bucks or the Knicks. Whichever team uh, is eliminated, Bucks and Knicks will play each other in the other quarterfinal. So uh, if, you know, whichever team loses, if the Celtics lose, they'll play that team at home. So it'll be, it'll be an, a big game either way. The Knicks, the Bucks, two teams the Celtics don't have problems with. And then if the Celtics go to Vegas, they play a semifinal game. If they lose that, they're done. Then they're done. There's, they just pick up their schedule wherever it's on the, on the schedule there. They come home for two against Orlando and two against Cleveland, I believe two baseball series there. If they win, the semifinals, then they go to the finals on that Saturday in Vegas. So that's the scenario. I'll be here. So again, Sunday, Sunday night, the Monday podcast will be a crossover with Tony East of Lockdown Pacers, then post game Monday, then we'll fill some time between that and whatever the next game is. If they go to Vegas, I'm going to Vegas. I will be there at the uh, T-Mobile Arena, so you'll get podcasts from Vegas. That's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you're subscribed to get the you know the inside in-season tournament stuff. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're listening wherever podcasts exist. You can also watch the show on YouTube. Make sure you're in that comment section. Let me know what you think. If you're in every day or if you're with me Monday through Friday and on these bonus podcasts, I love you. Thank you for coming by to the arena at the TD Garden and saying hi to all of you. Thank you so much. Now share the podcast. Tell your friends. Tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.